Hi, my name is Lou, and I am an alcoholic. My sobriety date, my sobriety date is February 12, 2015. I'm originally from California. Came out here. My husband's company moved us out here. Both more alcoholics. Both my husband and myself are alcoholics and addicts. Um, we moved out here five years ago. I uh, was not happy about moving to Arizona from California. All my family is in California. My kids are in California. Um, I was just miserable when I first moved out here. Um, I was fortunate enough to come out here um, with my youngest daughter. My youngest daughter now is 20 years old. She was 16 when we moved out here. Um, so she had to change schools and stuff like that. And uh, didn't want to be here. I wanted to be, I considered California home. I, uh, that's all I knew was California. I had, all I knew was the bars there, the drinking life there. and I, came to Arizona. I got sober after two years here in Arizona. A miserable two years here in Arizona. Um, my life was totally unmanageable. I was in <clears throat> West Valley Hospital five times in one year um, detoxing. Um, came down with pancreatitis, the same time pancreatitis and a kidney stone that blocked the duct in my kidney, uh, in my gallbladder. Um, and I remember laying in the hospital for the fifth time at West Valley Hospital um, and the doctor telling me, well, we need to do surgery on you, okay? I'm like, great, now they're going to take my freaking organs here in Arizona, you know? Just it wasn't a good place. I wasn't in a good place. And uh, my husband and I in between then, you know, he would quit drinking or I would quit drinking, but we never did it at the same time. And um, I remember getting out of the hospital. Well, let me go back. When I was in the hospital... They told me, okay, I told the doctor I was an alcoholic, and I was crying. I'm like, he goes, you can, you know, you can go home, you know, and he goes, do you drink? And I go, yeah, I drink. And he goes, how much do you drink? I go, I don't know. When I wake up in the morning and when I go to bed at night, and if I black out in between, I don't drink. How many drinks do you have in a day? I go, I don't know. I can't tell you. I'm an alcoholic, and I'm crying, My, you know. Balling, because that's the first time I admit it to a professional, you know, because we always lie to the doctor. Oh, I don't drink that much. I drink beers on the weekends, you know, blah, 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 um, that I really admitted it and to a professional. And um, there was a nurse that was sitting in there, and um, she, uh, I kept trying to tell him, I don't know. I don't know how much alcohol I consume in a day. He goes, you got to guess. You got to guess. You got to have a guess. And she goes, she just told you she's an alcoholic. And um, so I'm laying there, and I'm going, he's going, well, you can go home, but all you can have is clear liquids. <laughs> I'm an alcoholic. What do I think? Fuck is clear. <laughs> yeah, true alcoholic there, you know. So, so this nurse looks, and she goes, honey, you know, um, I have a brother, and he's an alcoholic too. And um, he's getting a kidney transplant, and he still hasn't quit drinking. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to go home because I know I'll drink, so I'm just going to stay here. So they kept me there because I didn't want to go. And um, by that, at this time, I had lost calcium and magnesium to the point where I could not walk. I had no muscle mass in my legs. I could not walk. Um, they had to give me physical therapy so I could, in the hospital, so I could walk. They kept me for 10 days because when you get... Low magnesium and potassium, you could, it will kill you eventually. 
I wasn't eating. I was on a liquid diet, of course, you know, vodka, you know, and beer, and, you know, that's pretty much all I consumed. So I finally went home after that, and uh, I asked my husband, babe, can we not have any alcohol in the house when I get home? And I told him this many times, he told me it, no guarantees, honey. So I stayed sober for a little while, and I went to California. I think I stayed sober for like three months, two or three months. No program, nothing. Went to California for the holidays to see my kids and that. And um, started drinking out there. My husband didn't know. I went to a friend's house, you know, which was our neighbor in the apartments that we lived in out there, and uh, I started drinking. And um, I ended up back in the hospital, West Valley again, um, and he uh, and I said, you know what, I'm, I'm done. I ripped out the IV out of my arm, and I said, I'm just going home, I'm done. I'm not staying, they just want me to detox, they can give me pills, and I'm going home. Ripped out the IV out of my arm at 2 in the morning, I was walking down Lynchfield Road, calling my husband, come get me, or I'm, I'm hitchhiking to California. And uh, he goes, I'll come get you. And um, so he started drinking again. I started drinking again. It didn't work out then. <clears throat> he, um, he went to work one day, and um, he was drinking at work as well. And um, his work calls me and goes, do you know where Marcus is at? And I'm like, no, I don't know where Marcus is at. And um, he came home like a day later, and he's not a go out and not come back. I'm the runner. He's not the runner. Um, and no, I haven't seen him. And, uh, well, he just left work. We don't know where he went. Okay, whatever. So I'm calling his phone, blah, blah, blah. He comes home the next day, and he's laying on the floor in our bedroom. And he's detoxing from alcohol and having alcoholic seizures on the floor right in front of me. And I'm trying to get him to the hospital. And he's like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I just want this to stop, Lou, please. I just wanted to stop. I just wanted to stop. And I go, that's when I finally said to him, I can't help you because I can't even fucking help myself. And um, I took him to the hospital, left him at West Valley Hospital. That was like my home away from home. I saw, I have, you know, the fifth floor, room 202. You know, if you ever want to visit me, if I ever start drinking again, that's probably where I'll end up. You know, um, I left him there and um, he went to detox uh, out at Aurora. I followed him out to, to detox. Well, I didn't follow him out to detox, but he came home. I went to detox myself out in Aurora outpatient program. Did uh, they wanted to only do only do 12 weeks? I didn't understand that, you know, because I've done an outpatient uh, program uh, in California for an outside issue because I have outside issues. Um, and that time I'd lost my kids, and um, to get my kids back. I went through um, a 12-step program uh, and uh, got my kids back, but I wasn't an addict. I mean, I wasn't an alcoholic. I was an addict, so, you know, they didn't test me for, um, for alcohol, you know. Did everything I needed to do to get my kids back. I, one thing I didn't do, I didn't work the program. I got a sponsor, if you wanted to call it that, what I thought was supposed to be a sponsor, you know. Stayed sober. Uh, clean for a year out there, um, did what I had to do to get my kids back. Um, the day that I got a year clean, I went to the bar. I uh, just started drinking, and it was on for, ever since then, you know, never 
touched an outside issue, but the alcohol is what got me in the end. And I walk, come back here to, I come here to Arizona, and I walked in, my home group is down under. Um, I walked in on a Wednesday night at down under, and it felt like I was kicked in the chest. My husband was walking behind me, and I just walked into that room because I knew right then I, I was done. You know, it hit me, and I felt like somebody just kicked me in the chest. I went, oh, what the fuck am I doing here 17 years later, you know, in these rooms? I knew it was what I had to do, though. I sat in the treatment five, three days a week, um, all day. I would go to meetings after I got out of, the, out of Aurora, uh, down under, six meetings, six o'clock, six days a week. Um, and um, I became a service over there when I was only, I think I was like three weeks into the program. I became a service over there. I got a sponsor. You know, I worked the steps. Um, and it's, I, my life now is unbelievable. I, it's just unbelievable. I was just talking to Kelly outside. And I go, three and a half years, if you would have, met me three and a half years ago and I would not be standing in Tonopah, would never even guess I would be standing in Tonopah speaking at a meeting, at an AA meeting at that, you know? So um, then my husband and I both, we got sober. He came into the program with me. Um, he's, He's not a practicing alcoholic. He doesn't work the program like I do, but that's his sobriety, not mine. That's his problem or that's his solution, whatever. Not mine, you know. Can't control people, places, and things. Um, I've had two sponsors. My first sponsor, I was at Down Under, and like I said, I was there for probably at the Down Under for like a week. And um, I kept hearing half measures will avail you nothing. And I'm sitting there, you know, I'm, I'm second guessing this whole getting chauffeur shit, you know. You know, I'm antsy, you know, I'm out of crawling out of my skin, I'm sweating, you know, and nauseous and all I kept hearing every meaning half measures availed you nothing Lou half measures availed you nothing and um, so I got up and there was this this lady named Michelle see she was my first sponsor she she shared about um, she was she was at home and she was staying with her sister and she reached up into a cabinet to put some cereal away and a whole bottle of alcohol spilled all over her and she went to a meeting. She didn't drink over it. And she, you know, I, I watched her, you know, to see if she, she was for me, um, see if she had what I wanted. And um, she always cried. <laughs> she always was crying. I'm like, why is the girl always crying? Because, you know, I'm not about to, you know, cry. I grew up with two older brothers. And one's 12 years older than me. And um, one's 15 years older than me. And if you cried, you got your ass kicked. So I wasn't a crier. And, um, but uh, I remember asking her. I became a home group member that night because I was so paranoid. I was watching her and watching her, and she disappeared. So I'm standing up where they have the snacks and that at Down Under, and I'm watching her, and, and this guy Aaron comes up to me. He goes, did you need something? I go, yeah, I want to become a home group member. And I'm, like, looking for this girl because I want to ask her to be my sponsor. And... Um, so that's how I became a home group member at Down Under. Um, well, I'd been to other meetings as well. But um, I was shaking. I was sweating. And, you know, she looks at me and she goes, 
sure, honey, I'll be your sponsor. She goes, oh, I love your nails. <laughs> and I just went. And if you've ever seen her, her nails, she always has her nails done really nice. So, so that we had that in common, you know. We had, both had nice nails. <laughs> um, she walked me through the steps. Um, beautiful, beautiful person. Um, I, have, I have another sponsor now because she unfortunately moved up to northern area. I always want to say California. Arizona. Um, but I have a new sponsor now. Um, Debbie's been sponsoring me since I was like 18 months. I think I turned 18 months. I think I turned 18 months. And, you know, that was a big deal because when I would get like 30 days or, or 180 days or 60 days, the only thing I, re- uh, you know, uh, associated that with was days in jail. You know? <laughs> oh, I get 180 days. Oh, that's a chip, you know? You know community service. Yeah, a felony to go with that, you know? So, um, uh, so Michelle went to Northern California and, uh, or Arizona, and I got another sponsor. And um, I was fortunate enough to be able to work the traditions with my, um, my new sponsor. And I guess she's not really new because I've, I just realized that I'm not a newcomer anymore. I was having a conversation with one of our home group members, and we were talking about going out to um, Tempe for the, uh, the Founders Day, right? And it's one of those aha moments, you know. Lou has them all the time. Aha! Uh-huh. Sometimes it's not a good aha, uh-huh, and sometimes it's okay. I'm maybe seven years old. I'm going, oh, man. I don't want to be here. Oh, and, you know, God can hear everything you, you, know, you think and stuff. But, and I just, you know, just cussed, you know, and then I was going to pur- purgatory automatically. You know, I was seven years old. I'm going to purgatory already, you know. And then my dad decided um, he wanted to take us to a Pente- Pentecostal church. And um, that, that was, that was interesting. I was young. I was still seven years old, you know. And that was just unbelievable to me. I, I didn't know. I did not understand. You know, I did not understand it at all. I, I thought they were sick, you know, because, you know, they're talking, you know, funny to me. And I ran out of that. And then I've been to other churches when I got a little older, you know, stuff like that. And I remember um, sitting in a meeting, and um, when they said, you have power greater than yourself, and it's your spiritual, you know, belief, you know. And I thought, I can do that. And then I, I was listening to some of the ladies share, you know, all you have to do is say please in the morning and thank you at night. Please in the morning and thank you at night to whatever your higher power is. I'm like, I can do that. You know, I can do that. And that's how I got through that, you know. My husband couldn't get through the religion part. So um, I would walk around the house when I first got sober. And, you know, control issues just a little bit, you know. I'm an alcoholic. What do you expect, you know. My daughter didn't load the dishwasher right. My husband couldn't behave right, you know. It didn't, you know. I would walk around the house and go, let go, let God. Like, go let God. And my family would just look at me like I was crazy. Because I would do laps around our island in the house because I was, you know, stir crazy, you know. Not knowing what to do with my brain, my, you know, that's used to dealing, you know, having alcohol to cope with things. Just let go and let God, let go and let God, you know. And um, so I pray, you know, I meditate, you know. Just like the book tells us to do, you know. I, uh... I remember um, 
making my amends to my kids. You know, those kids that you know I drank and I used and I lost custody of them. You know, they're all grown now, and uh, they're dads because my two older kids have different fathers than my youngest, than my husband now. He's not their biological father, but he's raised them. Anyways, um, I made amends to my kids, and I. It wasn't at all what I thought it was going to be. You know, I made amends to their dads, too, you know. And there was one amends. It was my, my oldest daughter's father. I did not want to make an amends to him at all. He had, my daughter did not deserve what he did to her, she, he did to her at all. And um, I held a resentment for him, towards him for the longest time for that. And so did she. And um, so... I remember I was talking to Michelle, and she goes, you know, you're going to have to make that amends. I go, all right, I'll do it tomorrow. She goes, this is the last thing you have to do, Lou. All right, I'll do it tomorrow. And I'm sitting there at the house, and my phone rings. I haven't talked to this guy, and I don't know how long. And it's him. I'm like, oh, my God, this is not happening. This is not happening. So I couldn't find out. He was in the, he's in the program, too, because he was an alcoholic. And... Um, I made my amends to him, and he, you know, he made, he goes, he goes, I was just wondering which one of us was going to do this first. And I'm like, well, well, here it is, you know. And um, unfortunately, he drank again, but that's not my problem. And unfortunately, my daughter had, my oldest daughter had to see that again, you know. Anyways, um, so I made my amends to them. I uh, made my amends to my husband and my kids. Um, and it was really weird. I just we had to go to California for a family reunion. I was I was only like five months sober, and um, I didn't want to go. And you got to remember that was the place that I didn't want to leave. And now I don't want to go, you know. And because uh, I was scared to death to go, it was only 24 hours. But you know, a lot can happen in 24 hours. We live 24 hours at a time, you know. Um, so. Uh, we made it through the family reunion. I got to, I got to go and uh, be with my my mother-in-law and um, hang out with her at her house. That was a big drinking spot, you know. And I got to see my brother-in-law kind of act well. He was drunk and act a fool instead of my husband and I being that those people, you know. And, which it was interesting. I remember Debbie. She wasn't my sponsor then. Debbie is my sponsor now. I remember Debbie read page. 417, read page 417, have an exit plan, you know. And this woman wasn't even my sponsor then, but if you've been in the rooms, you know, we all rely on each other, you know. We all rely on each other, and that's why I asked Debbie to finally be my sponsor. And I was just out in um, California to meet my grandson, believe it or not, my first grandchild, my son, my oldest son had a little boy named Logan. He's four months old now. Um, and um, I got to go to a meeting out there at the <clears throat> same place where I had gotten clean, the same fellowship that I'd went to when I gotten clean, seven, okay, 17, 18, 19, okay, 20 years ago? Okay, it's 20 years now. Um, 20 years ago, I got to go to that, that fellowship hall and go to an AA meeting and uh, uh Al-Anon meeting, because they have them combined now out there. Some places do. I didn't know that, but they do. It was pretty cool. And um, there was a, an amends that I had to make when I was out there to the woman that I worked for. Um, I was a dog groomer out there, and um, 
I would go into work and I would drink before I went to work. I would drink at lunch because I only lived five minutes away. And, you know, I'd, I'd do that four days a week. Um, and she always talked about how her husband drank, how her husband drank, and how her husband, you know, if he would just not drink and blah, but I always thought she was talking about me. One time she asked me, she goes, do you, were you, did you have a beer or something while you were at lunch? I go, yeah, I had a beer. That's all I said. So I go and I knew I, you know, it's, it's in your heart. When you know you have to, there's something, you, you'll feel it, you know. And I knew I had to make an amends. And I was out there anyways, you know, and my husband wasn't with me because we'd been out there before and he was with me and he just, you know, he didn't, didn't understand. He doesn't understand. So I go by the old shop and she's there. And I walk in and, you know, we're talking, blah, 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 you know. And uh, I go, Carolyn, um, I, you know, I need to tell you something. She goes, what's that, Lou? I go, you know, I drank when I worked for you. I would drink in the morning before I'd come into work. I'd go home for lunch, and I would drink. And I want to apologize for my behavior, you know, for doing that. Um, and she goes, you did not. She goes, that one time you came in and you smelled like beer. I go, no, that was like every day. So I guess, you know, that aroma, I just had it constantly. She never knew. I go, so Carolyn, you weren't talking about your husband? I mean, you weren't talking about me when you were talking about your husband drinking all the time? She goes, no, I was really talking about my husband. I was like, oh, okay. She goes, I had no idea. So I was like, okay, well, still, I apologize. You know, I'm making amends to you. And uh, it was pretty cool, you know, after all those years, you know, being able to go out there and make an amends to that woman, you know, after I'd done that, you know. And, you know, still things come up, you know. It's just one of the amends that, you know, I can't make amends to my parents, but I have, you know. They're not a living amends. That's what I can't do, so they're living amends. But um, I've made my amends to them, my exes, you know. And on a daily, you know, when we're wrong, we promptly admit it. Well, I've learned that at work. <laughs> I've experienced that at work. You know, um, there was this, uh, I was at work, and I, um, I puffed up at this girl, right? Um, we have conveyors at work, and there's boxes. And she took the boxes and just slung them down the conveyor like this. My hand was in there. And then she went, <laughs> and I puffed up, and I went, fuck you. And I went, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have done that. But if she wouldn't have laughed, I wouldn't have done that. But no, that's not the way it goes, Lou. That's <laughs> not the way it goes. So I went over there, and the other people had seen it happen. And uh, so they were all congregating. And they were watching me after I puffed up like that. And I walked over there, and I go, you know what? I'm sorry. I should not have behaved that way. And they went, they looked at me like I was insane, you know? Who does that, you know? Um, you know, with my husband, I can, you know, when I'm wrong, I'll say, you know, babe, I'm sorry, I was wrong about that, you know, and it's okay today, you know, that's okay to be wrong today, you know. Um, uh, I've, uh, I've uh, been uh, of service, like I was saying, I've been of service. I uh, am fortunate enough to be the GSR for my home group, and I've been able to go to these assemblies, um, I've carried meetings into treatment centers. That's just an amazing, if you want to get into service, 
go into treatment centers, carry the message into the treatment centers. There is nothing like that. There's nothing like that feeling when you walk out of there that you have, that you've been able to at least touch one person. One person, that's all that matters, you know. We say, you know, we do it for the newcomer. We do also do it for ourselves, you know, because we can only keep what we have. We can't keep what we have until we give it away, unless we give it away. Um, and I'll, I, uh, my friend, uh, my sponsor, my first sponsor, Michelle, um, like I said, she moved up to Northern California, and I have sponsees. I'm, they've never gone through all 12 steps. Fortunately enough, I've had one sponsee go all the way, <clears throat> go work all 12 steps. I'm going to start crying. Um, work all 12 steps. And this is one of the miracles in this program, is I've gotten to um, call Michelle and hey, go, hey, I have a sponsee that has worked all her steps, and she's moving up there with you. Do you would you like to sponsor her? And, of course, she did. But I was like, that's just a miracle right there in itself. You know, they say keep coming back. You know, don't leave until the miracle happens. That is just a miracle in itself, you know. And um, I think that's all I got. I'm going to start crying. <laughs> Thank you.